So we were talking about how to make personal practical application, and I made the comment one time. I said, now the question is, is how can we as women do this? <laughs> and that's when I knew we had gone too far. And so, um, but no, it was really good. It was a really good, a really good profitable study. Uh, we had an average, uh, there's an average of 20 ladies uh, that had joined on Tuesday evenings during quarantine to study through the book of Esther. And so I am very appreciative of Linda, Joey, and Angela for their hard work and their preparation and their leadership throughout the study. Uh, we did have really good feedback, and I'm excited because we're actively working to, uh, to implement another ladies' Bible study starting in the fall. So over the summer, we've got a lot of stuff going on, and so we're going to take a little break over the summer. But in the fall, we're going to run another one. And so I am excited about that. We're going to have more information to come on that. But we do believe that this is an exciting opportunity for our ladies to grow together, to study God's Word together, and develop some deeper relationships as we get into God's Word and, and study that together. So I'm very excited about where that's going to go. It was really profitable for us as we went through quarantine, and it was profitable for the ladies, and I'm excited about that, excited to see where that's going to continue to go in the future. Um, I also wanted to take a couple minutes to talk about children's ministry. So we've got some exciting things that we're doing with children's ministry, and as you guys saw a couple Wednesday nights ago, we had a great year of Awana, um, and so we had our award ceremony, and you guys saw the fruit of a hard year of work in Awana. I'm very thankful for Billy and Lisa and for their leadership um, in Awana. Our summer children's ministry has also kicked off really well. Um, I go home tired every Wednesday night after working with the pre-K four to second grade children. And so I, in my head, I was like, oh, that's not going to be that hard. And I go home on every Wednesday night and I'm like, man, I'm wiped out. But it's awesome. And having the opportunity to teach, to teach God's word. We're talking through some of the parables of Christ this summer. And we're working toward an ice cream party at the end of the summer. So, I mean, come on, who's not excited about that? So, uh, so we're excited about that. Kids are, kids are pumped and it's been awesome. Um, I also wanted to say thank you to Josh and Anna who are continuing to, uh, to pro give, provide leadership and oversight in our junior church ministry on Sunday mornings. And then tonight we have our Sunday evening classes that are going on. And we have um, Caleb and Anna are teaching back there. Anne Marie normally teaches back there on Sunday nights. Um, and so we're just very thankful for everybody who's actively engaged in teaching and ministering to our children. Really kind of the big change, the big tweak that we've made uh, with children's ministry is just an increased intentionality about what we're trying to do every time we bring children together. And so I've been in a lot of churches and it's like we've, we've just bring kids together, we have fun, and then we send them home. And the question is, is what is the purpose? What are we trying to accomplish? And so every time that we bring children together, we're trying to accomplish something. There is a goal in mind. And so we've really worked to align our children's ministry with the mission statement of our church, which says that we are working, we exist, right, to equip believers in the pursuit of Christ-likeness and evangelizing the lost. That's the James Collard rough paraphrase because I don't have it memorized. Um, so what we want to do is with our children's ministry, um, on Sunday mornings when we bring the children together for junior church, our goal is to equip them and to teach them. And so that way um, we are instructing them and teaching them so that they can deal with the crazy world that we live in, right? And so as Pastor said this morning, we have an epidemic and children are leaving churches and there are high schoolers that are already plotting exits out of the church. And so our goal is to reach them and disciple them and train them as they're younger. And so Sunday morning is a big opportunity for us to equip those children. On Sunday evenings, that's really the time uh, where I view that as edification. And so we're working on encouragement um, and really uh, just challenging children to continue to grow in their walk with Jesus. Um, Wednesday night, uh, since we do small groups during Awana, we do small groups on Wednesday night. That's really more of a concentrated focused discipleship time. 
There's a lot of one-on-one that's going on. We're taking, we're teaching memory verses. Children are learning that. We're, we're teaching them. So we're walking through a verse with them. We're explaining to them what that means. There's a ton of personal application and one-on-one interaction. So we look at that as a very intentional discipleship time with our children. And then when we do things like VBS, when we do our apartment outreaches at the Mirabella Apartments, those are very much geared toward evangelism and reaching children with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not that we're not trying to do that in all three of our other events. We're always trying to reach children with the gospel. But it's just having that intentional focus and having that intentional purpose of this is what we are trying to do every time we bring our children together. And then to tie our children's ministry in a broader way into the mission into what we are doing here as an entire church. And so making that piece just more tied cohesively into the whole. Um, We are actively working to equip new teachers and helpers in our children's ministry. And so as we continue to grow, what we're trying to do with our children's ministry right now is we are trying to be proactive. And so right now, I think we're sitting at a really exciting stage where our children's ministry is just going to explode and take off as we continue to grow as a church. And so we don't want to be reactive where all of a sudden it's like we have 100 kids and we're like, oh, man, what do we do? <laughs> right? So we're trying to plan now to prepare for that future growth. And so we are actively looking to equip and train new teachers and helpers. So if you're interested in having a part in that, and I'm talking pre-K, fourth through sixth grade is the age group that I'm targeting. So if you're interested in participating in that age group, let me know. I'd be happy to talk with you and explain in more detail about how we're trying to accomplish that. Um, Next, so we just wrapped up our our second block of adult Sunday school. And so next week, we don't have Sunday night service. I'm sure Pastor will tell you more about that. And then, um, but starting on July the 5th, we have our next block of adult Sunday school. So I know that this is a little bit new format that we're trying this year. And so we do want your feedback. I have a Google form all made up. And so it's going to be in your inbox by Tuesday. And so I would love your feedback about how you feel that um, our Sunday evening adult classes have gone so far this year. And so we always want to improve it and tweak it and make it better. And we want to hear from you. And so I will send you that. And so please, if you would, just take a minute, fill it out. um, Let us know how we're doing, what we can do to improve, and topics that you're interested in studying in the future. Right? And so we want to hear about things that would be beneficial for you and where you're at as we try to help you grow in your walk with Jesus. Um, Also, I just want to let you know the new classes for the next block of Sunday school. And I'll include this in my email as well. But starting July 5th, we have three classes that are going to run. Brad Griffin is going to teach a class, his Fishers of Men class, where he teaches about evangelism and soul winning. And so that's an excellent class. If you haven't taken that, I would encourage you to do so. Billy is going to teach his class on Joseph. So if you missed out on the last block, he's got excellent. We've talked through some of his it's fantastic content. And so make sure if you, if you are interested in learning more about that, it's a really interesting character study that he's working through. And then Mark Cover isn't here tonight, but he's going to do a class on bringing the Old Testament to life. Right, so when you're reading the Old Testament and you read the story of David and Goliath, sometimes we're so familiar with it that it's like, oh, the story of David and Goliath. But when you think about the fact that a little kid killed a giant with a slingshot and then cut his head off, I mean, that's awesome, right? And so, but not just how do we bring the Old Testament to life, but how do we apply it, right? So how does that story change the way that we live today, right? Because God's word has to change us, and it has to change the way that we live today. So how does that story impact our life today? And then also, how can you go and teach it effectively to your children or to your friends? Or, um, and so that's, that's what he's going to be doing. So that's going to be an excellent class. So I'd encourage you to plan for that. So again, we're going to start those Sunday evening, July the 5th. And you should plan to come and join us for those. I also wanted to talk about, uh, I have two more things, and that's it. And then you don't have to hear me the rest of the night. All right, so uh, the Pursuit of Christ podcast. So I'm excited about this. Um, 
This came out of, we were doing a men's Bible study on Friday afternoons, or Friday at noon during quarantine, but then as stuff started to open back up, scheduling just became too crazy. And I mean, as down as I was to do a Bible study at six o'clock in the morning, there were not many individuals who wanted to join me. And so, and I understand. So, um, so to make it more uh, accessible for everybody, we decided to move that to a podcast format. And so the, the goal of this is to help us to make disciples of Christ. It is a, mo- a mobile format, which allows you to listen to it whenever it fits into your schedule. So you can go download it, and it doesn't use mobile data when you do that. And then you can go and listen to it on your own time. Um, we're, we're releasing a new episode every Friday. The episodes are roughly uh, 20 minutes in length. And so this, it's just a good supplement to your other Bible reading plans if you just want some good Bible content, some teaching throughout the course of the week. Um, it's really simple. Um, really easy, but it's just a good supplement. Um, and if, I mean, I'm assuming that some of you guys sit in traffic. We live in Houston, right? So it's just really easy time that you can do it when you're sitting in traffic. Um, you can find episodes. They're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Spotify, and a number of other streaming venues. So it's not too hard to find if you go and, and look for it. But I encourage you to avail yourself of that. It's just um, some very practical Bible teaching throughout the course of your week. Last, uh, we're running VBS this summer, so it's a Mystery Island VBS. The dates are August 2nd through the 7th, um, and so that's a Sunday night through a Friday night. Our online registration is coming soon, so I'm going to let you know. I will send you an email when that's available on Facebook. I'm really excited about it. It is a completely teen-run drama, this, this go-around, so I'm very excited to see that. Right, and so I've heard that our teens have been working very hard, and some of them are very dramatic. So I'm excited to see that actually put up on stage. So that's going to be excellent, right? So, uh, so I'm excited. I'm excited about that. So we'll let you know when the registration is available. Also, on Friday evening, so we're going to do Sunday night through Thursday night. Friday night is our closing program, and this year we're going to go big for our closing program. So last year, if you remember, we had a we had our, our Friday night closing program, and then a couple weeks later we did like a back to school carnival. Well, this year we're not doing the back-to-school carnival, and so we're going to take those two things, put them together, and we're going to go big on Friday night. And since it is an island theme, we're going to do a luau on Friday night. So I'm excited about this. And we're going to roast a pig, and by that I mean we're going to grill hot dogs. And so, um, <laughs> and, and it's going to be awesome. So I'm excited about it. And, and with, I think last year we had about 150 people here on Friday night. And so we are excited. We had a lot of people that aren't regularly in our church that will be here. It'll be a good opportunity for us to, to connect and really mingle with families in our community whose children we've had the opportunity to minister to. So I'm really excited. If you would like to participate in VBS, I have a Google form for that too. I like Google forms. Um, so I do have a Google form for that. But if you would like to participate in VBS, come talk to me. I'd love to plug you in. In fact, some of you are on my list and I just haven't talked to you yet. So, I mean, if you see me coming, please don't run away. Um, but we would love to have you participate and be a part. It's going to be an awesome week. We are shooting for to have a high night of 80 children, um, to have 80 kids on one night here, uh, which is exciting. I think last year we had a high night of 66. Um, and so we're really looking forward to seeing what the Lord is going to do through that and then to have the opportunity to reach children with the gospel and see them come to Christ. All right. So at this time, I want to take a few minutes to give you an update on our outreach and discipleship ministries. So as with everything else, we've had to adjust with our methods and plans due to COVID-19. And however, we've seen uh, growth in both of these areas. At the beginning of the March, uh, beginning of March, our focus had to transition online in order to continue reaching more people. 
So at uh, the beginning of the year, we were still able to go door to door and we were able to see uh, several people profess Christ as their savior. On March 14, a group of volunteers hosted a children's outreach at the Mirabelle Apartments, which James mentioned uh, uh, earlier, and uh, we were able to uh, help them even during the, uh, during the pandemic. All throughout the pandemic, we were able to provide them food and help the families in those apartments. And shortly after that, we began our live stream services. Uh, this has stretched our media department, and, but it's been profitable. At the beginning of the year, we didn't have a lot of content on our social media uh, platforms. Uh, but, uh, but when we started, we started our live stream and our Zoom meetings and also our ladies' uh, Bible studies and uh, children's, uh, uh, children's uh, classes and all, all the other different things that we were able to start, including Awana videos, the Cubby videos, which was a hit. Everybody loved it. And uh, we were also, and also, according to Facebook, since April, we've had 30, 330 hours of content viewed. And on YouTube, we had 769 hours of videos viewed. So maybe that, that doesn't really make sense to to many of us, but we've had about, it says, according to YouTube, it says 1,100 unique, unique viewers. So 1,100 different people. It's not the same person watching all those videos. So it's been quite a lot of people. And maybe you're thinking social media might not be an area that you think about getting involved in, but actually you can help us with that. So uh, I'm going to tell you a little bit how you can help us with our in in this part of the ministry is that uh, right now you can like our videos or share them or even on YouTube you can subscribe to our channel that will help us that will help us a lot with uh, the videos to boosting our visibility online and also uh, just helping us get get our page and our videos out there and so for an example I'm gonna give you an opportunity to tell your friends about our next uh, service next Sunday. Welcome back Sunday. So I'm going to uh, send you the picture of our Welcome Back Sunday. With, uh, it's in our next slide. Um, I'm going to send you on Tuesday and I would encourage you to send this picture to someone that you know and invite them to our Welcome Back Sunday. Just think about this. Just one text. If every one of us here, maybe there's 50 of us here, if we send it to one person that's not in here, that's 50 more people that we can reach. So uh, I would encourage you to do that. So now that you give, now that you, we, you have your homework, let's move on to our next ministry, which is our discipleship. Um, right now, we have 26 people that have gone through our continue book, and 22 people are going through the book right now. So I'm going to explain a little bit how our discipleship program works in a nutshell. So it's in the picture. The big picture is basically win one, lead one, follow one, and take one. So next on a daily level, we want every church member to live according to these spiritual disciplines that we have on our uh, next slide, which is loving or learning, loving, and worshiping. So you might ask, how do we do this? How do we do all this? So we're developing a roadmap for for us to guide us through our lifelong discipleship process. So uh, in the next slide, you, you'll be able to see uh, we have five steps that we're working on as a roadmap for our church. Um, we want to help 
uh, each and every person to go through our foundation, which many of us have gone through our continued book. And the goal is to have more people to go through the foundational level and continue to grow in our growth process in areas uh, in our personal walk with the Lord and our relationships, our stewardships and testimonies and our influence for Christ. Um, as you can see, some of these process are processes are classes that would be completed through our Sunday evening service, uh, Sunday evening classes. As James mentioned earlier, we, we've started having different classes on Sunday nights and our, pro our program is uh, designed to be flexible. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to follow all these steps in order. After our foundations, you can, depending on the situation or the life stage that you're in, we can uh, move around different areas of that uh, roadmap. And uh, so to help you find them easier, we have a book resource list on our website now, and that will take you directly to our Amazon, where we have a couple of books where you can find them and help you in your study with, with, with other people. So we are also working on a brochure that will help us provide more information of our roadmap and uh, a couple of the other things uh, that I've mentioned earlier, So which will be probably completed in the next month or so. And the goal is to make disciples who will continue to make disciples. And we're, we're, we're working on to make our lifelong learning more attainable by equipping others to help or others in discipling in our journey as well. So how can you get involved in this? So we can get involved in this by discipling someone. Many of you have already gone through this. And if you don't know, if you are currently not going through uh, any of the books with anybody, you can uh, please come talk to me or talk to Pastor Will or James or any one of us. We will we would love to help you pair up with someone. And so that's basically what I have for tonight. And if you have any questions, please come and talk to me later. And thank you to J James and to Billy to taking some time to catching us up. I know they were giving you a lot of information. I've got a little more information to give you, so trying not to overload you tonight, just catch you up a little bit. Obviously, the last six months have been different than we expected when we kind of planned out the beginning of this year, but God has been good, and He has provided, and so I want to take just a few minutes and go back to, you may not have it with you, that's okay, but at the beginning of the year, we passed out a little booklet to everybody with some goals and various things that we were working on. And so I wanted to go back and catch you up on that so you could kind of hear where we're at and uh, see where we are going heading forward. Uh, we had some goals as far as disciple making and outreach. And one of our goals was to get to 75 adults involved in our discipleship. And we are very close to that right now. Billy gave you the number of people that have already completed books. If they've completed that first book, many of them have gone on and are still studying other things and working together. And then we have 22 that are still going through that first book, kind of that foundation continue book. And so I'm really excited to see those numbers continue to move forward. And I really feel that during our time when we were apart because of the quarantine, those relationships that were developed 
um, and people calling one another to be able to check on one another and people still studying God's Word over the phone. And uh, my wife had FaceTime going with ladies doing it that way and people doing it on Zoom and people doing it in all variety of ways was a very effective means for many in our church to stay connected with one another during this time. And so I think we're well on our way to that and seeing that continue to uh, go in the right direction. Uh, we had also an attendance goal just in seeing our continued growth in our Sunday morning attendance. Brad told me this morning we had 100 people here this morning, which is a blessing considering we still have lots and lots of folks that are viewing online and joining us that way. And of course, it's summertime and people are traveling and out of town. Our goal was 150 in our services by the end of this year. And again, I think that we are making significant strides in that direction. And I'm thankful to our new families that we've reached, to new folks that have joined the church over the last few months and God's continued growth there. One area that I'm really praying for, though, and I would ask you to pray with me about this, that God would continue to open doors for us to share the gospel with people who are lost. Uh, this time as people have gone home, as they've closed their doors, as they've gone in, as it's been harder to interact with folks, and many, even if you're trying to talk to them, you're, you know, maybe you're talking through a, a window, or a, a, I went and visited my great aunt a couple weeks ago, and we had to talk through the window of her room. She's in an assisted living home, or a mask, or something else. Communication is a challenge. And when that's a challenge, evangelism is a challenge. But God is still saving people. We've had testimonies of people who've been led to Christ during this time. So it's not like we've gone the last few months and no one has trusted Christ. God is still saving people. But I would ask you that you would pray that God would give us, and I preached this last Sunday, doors of utterance, that God would open doors for us so we could continue to reach people, not so that we can make an attendance goal. That really is just sort of a byproduct thing, but that we could continue to reach folks with the gospel because people need the Lord. Uh, our children's outreach, we were able to start out the year strong in that area. We were trying to have a monthly outreach at the apartments down the road here, but with some things we've had to pull back on that. But as you've already heard with Vacation Bible School and some other things, within reason we are doing our best to kind of work back into those kind of ministries and outreach and uh, praying that God will use that. Again, this has not been a time where God has shut us down. I think rather God has just redirected us. And as we redirect, as we look for things, we need to seek His will and continue to follow His plan. We were unable to have our youth conference. That was one of the things that should have happened this month, at least according to our plan, but it wasn't God's plan. And a number of things took place. Obviously, there was just the concern about the virus, but... Uh, our preacher who was supposed to come and speak to the teens, Brother Tom Farrell, he was diagnosed with brain cancer this spring, so he's been going through treatments. We had a group of college students who were going to come and help provide the music, but their trip was canceled because of the virus. And so just a number of things um, that God made it clear. This was not the time for us to be able to do this. And yet, I was encouraged. I poked my head in there. After our prayer time on Wednesday night, our teens are working on their lines and getting ready for vacation Bible school, and our group has grown. Uh, Alan, I think we were counting up. If all of the teens were here that uh, are here on a semi-regular basis, we have, we're getting close to 20 teenagers in our youth group, and that's a blessing to see that grow. 
when just a, a year or two ago it was more like five, six on an average week. And I'm thankful to see God continue to grow that. Our adult outreach. Uh, some of these things, we weren't able to have our family conference in April. and We had big plans for that, and I was looking forward to that, but we had to postpone that. But we did have our men's barbecue. And uh, so I don't know if that's a priority problem that we have or if that's just the timing, I think. The timing was good. And I, uh, Brother Larry told me we had 56 men at the barbecue. And so that was a blessing. We had a wonderful time of fellowship and spiritual encouragement and challenge. And so that ministry has grown. And that's just a one-time thing. But as we continue to look forward to more opportunities to minister to adults, whether it's through an event or an activity, or even just the 22 adults going through discipleship right now, I'm thankful for God's continued growth in those areas. One thing we were praying about and looking at this year was in conjunction with developing this ministry with the children at the apartments down the road was trying to have some sort of opportunity to be able to pick some of them up and bring them to church. Obviously during this time that has been put on hold as well of some sort of van or bus route to pick them up. But I'm praying as the Lord wants that, He'll open those doors as well. And I was talking with Brother Larry this morning I said, well, you're going to start our bus route this next week. Lord willing, pray that she's able, but Ruth Conover is planning to join us next Sunday for church, and Larry's going to go pick her up for that is the plan at this point. And we got to go visit her this week, and uh, she's in good spirits, um, but uh, has been going through some health things and has kept her kind of down and, and weak physically, but we had a wonderful time with her, and she said, I really want to make an effort to see if I can come next Sunday. Also, on that note, I uh, got a good note from Katie Spencer yesterday. Many of you have been praying for her, and she has been scheduled for her surgery uh, to be able to remove some of the tumors. It's scheduled for July the 2nd, which is good news. So all these treatments that she's been going through have been for the purpose of shrinking the tumors down so that they could operate. And so she's excited that she can move to that next stage. But that's another family there, Katie and her whole family, that you know we're not able to see on a regular basis on Sunday mornings. And yet God still has given us wonderful opportunities uh, to connect with her and her family and to minister to them. So the Lord's ministry continues to go forward. It just sometimes looks a little different, and it doesn't always translate into more people sitting here every Sunday morning. And that's okay because it's not about what makes us feel good. It's about what brings God glory. Uh, we've been working on uh, helping a new church get started. And today, they had their very first in-person service. So, praise the Lord. I'm excited about that. And uh, we got a picture from David and Adriana this afternoon, uh, a, a lady and her family that they've been reaching out to uh, for several months. Uh, Fiona and her children, she was there for church today and, and they had some others with them as well. So I know that was an encouragement to them to see God moving through those steps. You know, this was an odd time uh, to think about how do you start a church during a coronavirus when everybody's shut down. And yet the Lord has seen fit to continue to move that forward. And while we set some giving goals for that of trying to raise some money, we didn't reach those goals but the money that came in helped us to be able to, uh, Brother Josh completed their platform 
over there. I don't know, maybe you've got a detail or something left, but it's pretty much done. It looked good in the pictures today anyway. And uh, so he did that. We had another group of men go and do some power washing and trimming bushes and fixing up various things around the building. And God has provided for us to be able to help them get that building in the first place. So just God is doing wonderful things down there. We also had some goals when it came to our missions giving. And I'm happy to report, and we'll go over some of the financial numbers here in a minute, that God is blessed and our giving has been strong for our missionaries. We've been able to help during this time and uh, some extra things have been done for some missionaries here and there along the way as needs have arisen. One answer to prayer, we were praying for the Pridgen family trying to get back here from Uganda and they were able to get back um, just a couple of days ago. So God provided the funds that they needed to make that plane ride. Uh, they had already scheduled it. Their flights had been canceled and you know moved and all these things. And there was a great additional cost, I think $9,000 additional for the whole family to get here. And uh, they were able to get back. And so they're with some family right now in South Carolina, and they're going to be starting their trip, visiting some of their supporting churches. And Lord willing, they'll be with us later this year. We also have some other wonderful things coming up in the area of missions and, and uh, praying that all of these things work out as planned. Uh, one missionary who is planning to be with us in August is uh, missionary Edgar Fagali. He's been a missionary, uh, originally was a pastor in Lebanon and pastored a church there during the Civil War that took place in Lebanon a number of years ago now. And uh, we think we have adversity in, in what we're doing. We know nothing about adversity compared to the types of things they went through. Uh, literally, he said they would have uh, people coming from both sides that were fighting against each other coming to their church together to worship. And their church was in an area between where the two sides were fighting in this civil war. And so they, they, they would have a time of ceasefire on Sundays long enough for them to come together, have church, and then go back home. And uh, I think sometimes maybe we let too much keep us from church, and those folks wouldn't let a civil war keep them from church. I'm thankful that they continue to go forward. And from that church in Lebanon, then, churches, as many of those people were refugees from other countries in Africa and the Middle East that had come there trying to escape the problems in their own home countries, those people then went back to those countries, and God has seen fit to see churches started in many other places in that part of the world. And so you'll really enjoy when Brother Fagali's here. God's given him a great ministry, reaching many Muslims for Christ. They were involved in helping to plant the First Baptist Church of Baghdad. That's kind of neat, don't you think, to, in Baghdad, Iraq, and God has just blessed they were able to put up a radio tower there and share the good news of the Lord. And so those kind of stories encourage me that, you know, when we look at the stuff going on in our sphere and say, wow, this is big stuff, realize God has been working through much bigger and more difficult situations around the world. And some of you have even experienced some of those things. And I think it ought to give us courage to continue to press forward by faith. Um, our, our physical goals, we have done, been able to do over the last few months some of our building things that we wanted to do. Obviously, in January, this room looked a lot different than it does now. Uh, we purchased these chairs 
the carpet, we um, have done a little bit more work in the nursery. Brother Josh built some cabinets for us. Brother Joe redid the fellowship hall for us. Um, Brother Brad has helped with some of the sealing up of things, and so we don't have the leaks that we once were dealing with all the time. This room right past the men's restroom over here is now a functioning classroom where Brother Ed's class is, and Brother Joe helped us with that. We've redone some things in the offices and things as well there, and so it's given us some opportunity to move forward. There's still some things we want to get done that I would love if the Lord would see fit to allow us to do this this year. Great. If not, as He provides, we'll try to do it. We would really love to be able to insulate and close in the garage area down here on the end and turn that into an area for our children that's safer than the parking lot and uh, be a place where they can get some energy out and run and play and have some fun. But in order to do that, we also need to be able to move what is that storage and we'd like to put that over here in the corner where there's some space in the corner of the lot. And so there's just a couple of pieces there to do and uh, I realize you can only give what God has blessed you to give. I'm just letting you know this is the the desire that we have but our desire uh, is not the most important thing. We trust God to provide and when He does we will get those things done. I asked Lisa to put together just a simple paper with some of the financial numbers and I wanted to go over those with you um, as far as income and expenses and, and these various things. This is through the end of May and you'll notice our overall our expenses are a bit higher than our income, about 20000 higher. All of that is wrapped up in the chairs and the carpet, which was money that was given last year in 2019 but we knew we were spending in 2020 so it shows up as a big expenditure and puts our spending over our income but that's why there was money saved up towards that but you this doesn't show back into last year so that's the that's the big discrepancy there if you will it's not a discrepancy it was just money that was saved from last year and was spent this year in order for that you can see our missions giving our income and our expenses. The expenses is just what we're giving to our missionaries. And so we're thankful to have a little bit of a surplus there. We're getting close to, Lord willing, being able to take on some additional mission projects there. Our church planting income and expenses, this has gone up a little bit probably on both sides because this is through the end of May and now we're into June. And this was just designated funds that were given to be able to use to help their project down there. Our building renovation, there you can see where most of that money went from the first number. So lots of expenses on that side. Again, that was money that we'd saved from our building fund last year that we put into the projects this year. And then our, our benevolence. The reason we put that on there, you say, why is that there? There was some extra money that was given towards helping folks in need during this time of of COVID-19 coronavirus stuff and so those extra funds are represented here and uh, so we've been giving a lot of that away as folks have had need and that's what those things are. I have a challenge that I want to share with you briefly from God's Word but before I go does anybody have any questions about any of this? Any, any comments? I know this is kind of a backward look 
but I want to give us a little bit of a forward look here in the last 15 minutes or so. All right. You can ask me later too, but just thought it might be helpful for everybody to see what we're seeing. I would tell you from my perspective, and this is not just the positive spin perspective, I think God's been very good to us. And I think we're sitting in a wonderful situation considering all that has happened. Obviously, um, there's been a lot of finances that have been poured into the live stream. Billy already talked about that, that have been poured into various building projects during this time, that have been able to be poured into people that needed help during this time, that have been just given in a lot of different ways. And when we get together at the end of the year and you see, all right, this budget line item and this and that, there's going to be some things that we say, wow, we spent a lot here, but we didn't spend anything there. It's because the year has just been an interesting year. But overall, if you take what has been, if you take out the building portion, which we already knew about that, but what has come in this year and then what we've had as expenses this year, again, if you move the building portion out because that was carrying some of last year's forward, financially, God has left us in a wonderful position. Uh, our budget for the year uh, is at like 320 some thousand dollars is kind of our annual budget, I believe. I, I hope I'm saying that number right. And uh, we put kind of as a goal just a round number of 350 and then we had a goal of, you know, some extra things. If this, if we're not quite six months in because we've got a few more weeks left till the end of June, but uh, if you take where we're at and you extrapolate it out, we are on track. We, we've averaged our giving. Lisa told me the other day was 29000 a month, which has just been amazing. Not every month has been there. Some have been a little higher. Some have been a little lower. But um, that was above what we budgeted as needs this year. Our budgeted need on that was around, I think, an average of 28000 a month, something like that. So God has been good. We've uh, been blessed and uh, lots has been done and I just wanted you to see this so you could kind of hear some of the decision-making things that have gone on and how God's money has been spent I want you to understand I don't view this and the leadership here we don't view this this is not our money you're not giving this to us for us to do whatever we want with it this is the Lord's money and so I would ask you to pray for wisdom that we would make good decisions it's been an interesting time I've had a lot of just in my own head thinking, okay, what should we do? What's right? You know, what would be what God would have us do? How can we continue forward with the mission of the church? And I feel like as part of our church, whether you're a member or just a regular attender or somebody here, uh, this is what you're giving to the Lord. And so you have a stewardship responsibility too. And so while we maybe in the leadership of the church say, well, you have to steward the money of the church. Yes, but you're the stewards that are giving it to the stewards of the church and so it's a stewardship process that we all share and so I want you to have confidence in what we're doing I want you to have knowledge into what we're doing and if you have questions concerns thoughts ideas please share them uh, and you don't have to say well I don't give a lot if you give you have a part in the financial things of our church and so we realize not everybody's able to give large amounts I, I look at that amount that comes in every month, and every month I'm surprised. I go, well, I don't think we'll get there that month, and then it, it comes in, and it comes in, and God has continued to do that, and so we're thankful for that. Let's take our Bibles very briefly here. I want you to go back to Colossians chapter 1. 
We started off this year with our theme, Walk Worthy. And so I wanted us to come back there and be reminded of that briefly tonight. Where did we start from and where are we going? Often in the starting point, from a human perspective, what we think is the end point is not always what it actually ends up being. We've experienced that this year, haven't we? Simon Peter didn't expect to spend as much time in Uganda this year as God allowed him to spend in Uganda. And yet God knew what he was doing. God didn't make any mistakes. We didn't expect to have to stop doing some of our outreach things that we were planning to do. And yet God knew what, exactly what he was doing. I'm thankful for the testimonies from people who said, I was able to watch something online and I heard the gospel and I trusted Christ or God encouraged me with this and somebody would have never heard that if we didn't have people like Billy and Josh Helps and, and, and Freddie and Winston and all these folks have come together to make that live stream happen. God knew that. I'm thankful for Sunday school teachers who at the beginning of the year were planning to just teach their normal classes on Sunday morning and Sunday night and instead, they got stuck teaching to a Zoom camera. That was a lot of fun, wasn't it, Brad? <laughs> I'm saying that tongue-in-cheek because I know, Brad, that was a very hard thing. And it has not been our most favorite thing to do. And yet God knew what He was doing. God always sees the end from the beginning. But all we ever see is the beginning or where we're at in that time. And so let's briefly look back at a couple principles here from Colossians chapter 1. We see in verses 3 through 8, he gives us a description of a great church. Notice he, Paul gives thanks here. He says, I, we give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus. This was a church of great faith. And I have been so encouraged over these last few months to realize even more than I already knew that we have a church of great faith. He says, we heard of the love which ye have to all the saints. It was so encouraging to me as person after person. Some of these folks haven't even been able to be back in person with us in a service. But when they heard about different families in our church with needs... I'd get a phone call. Pastor, you're going to be at the church. I'm bringing by some food. Pastor, are you going to be at the church? I'm bringing by some gift cards that we can give to these people. Pastor, can we put this together to take to these people? This wasn't all us going out saying, hey, we need you to bring this. We did do some of that. It was mainly just God's people saying, we, we love each other and we want to help each other. That's such a blessing. Having Laura Gabriel say, Pastor, I've contacted 12 families over at the Mirabelle Apartments and that need some food. And so when we gather this up, we're going to help you get that over there. And we went, took the food over there, Billy and I did one day, and the manager was out there, and she was so excited to see us bringing big loads of food to these people. Paul is thankful for this church at Colossae for their love that they have to all the saints. And then he gives a third thing that he's thankful for in verse 5. For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof ye heard before in the word, 
of the truth of the gospel. This church was a great church because of their faith, because of their love, and because of their hope. He, he doesn't write here that this was a great church because it was the biggest church in the world, or that this was a great church because everybody else knew about this church. This was a great church because of their relationship with God, their relationship with one another, and their desire to reach the lost for Christ. And I believe God is building a great church here. It's not a perfect church because it has people in it. If this church was just me, it wouldn't be a perfect church because I'm not a perfect people either. We're not perfect people. We say, well, we can't have a perfect church, but we can have a God-honoring church. This was a church that had great faith, great love, and great hope. And I want you to look down with me in verse number 9 because he gives us his desire for this church. And this is my desire for our church as well. He says, for this cause, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. It's very normal for teenagers when they go to camp to hear some kind of sermon or series of sermons on how to determine God's will for your life. What does God want for you? Where are you supposed to go? What's next? But that's not just a message that teenagers need to hear. That's a message every one of us needs to hear and be reminded of on a regular basis. The last few months as things have brought change and, and concerns and frustrations and fears and unknowns, more than ever before, we need to clearly understand and have the knowledge of God to know what His will is for us as a church, as families, and as individuals. What does God want for me? But we don't have to go to the news media to find out what God wants for us. We don't have to pull up on social media and see what everybody else is doing or sharing to find what God wants for us. Rather, God has given us in His Word what He wants for every single one of us as believers. And as Christians, He's even gone a step further. He's given us His Holy Spirit that indwells us, that convicts us, that challenges us, that encourages us, that helps us to, conv to convince us to know what God's will is for our life. It was His desire that they would be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. And then verse 10 is where we've taken our theme for this year, that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. I hope that it is your desire, and I believe that it is, to please God with everything that you do. Young people, if you're paying attention this morning, what does... God say is pleasing to Him for you to do. Children should do what to please the Lord? Thomas is saying it. He knows it. Oh, Kezi was listening. What are they supposed to do? Obey their parents, right? Obey your parents for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. But that, again, is not just something for the teenagers. 
Every single one of us ought to strive to please the Lord in everything we do. This was Paul's desire for this church at Colossae, and I believe through the Holy Spirit's inspiration of this word for us today, this should be our desire for ourselves and for this church that we would walk worthy of the Lord in all pleasing, that we would please Him in everything that we do. That means as we determine what are we going to do this week, what's going to happen next month, what am I going to do, how am I going to think, where am I going to spend my time? Well, as we walk worthy, we see a people, a church that's fruitful in every good work. You've just heard lots of information about fruit that God has been bringing forth through the ministry of our church. And sure, we could compare ourselves to other people, some more, some less. That's not what we should be doing. In fact, that's very dangerous to compare ourselves by other people. Because generally, we find the people who are not where we are, and we compare ourselves to them to puff ourselves up and make ourselves feel better about ourselves. But rather, we ought to sit down and look and compare and honestly consider what God's Word says and say, Lord... Am I being fruitful in every good work? God, what am I doing to bear fruit in this? Are the fruit of the Spirit evident in my life? Do I have love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, peace, meekness, temperance? Is there spiritual fruit? Are we making disciples, as Billy said, who make disciples? Is there anybody that I could point to and say, this is somebody that God's allowed me to lead to Christ? Or this is somebody that God is allowing me to continue to help them grow, to train them so that then they can go on and train somebody else? That's not just the pastor's job. That's all of our jobs as Christians. He's given the Great Commission to every one of us. I'm praying that God will give me some opportunities to reach some of my neighbors and people that I come in contact with in our community with the gospel this year. God's given me some great opportunities just visiting people at their doors, strangers that I didn't know to share the gospel with them. God's given me opportunities to share the gospel with some of the people that have come through our church to help do some of the work. Now you may be thinking, yeah, Brother Joe, he really needs the gospel. That's not who I'm talking about. Not talking about Brother Josh, Brother Joe, the, Brother Brad, Brother Larry, these other men that God has given that do so many wonderful things to serve around here. Just other people that God has brought to help with things. The carpet guys. We've had opportunity to share Christ with the guys putting in the doors. Opportunities to share the gospel with people that come by. The other day it was a policeman that was in the parking lot. You just never know who God's going to give you the opportunity. I'm praying that we'd see souls saved. Bearing fruit, increasing in the knowledge of God. Verse 11, strengthen with all might. Well, we need God's strength, don't we? Some of you are going through some very difficult things right now. Others in our church who are unable to be with us are going through very hard things right now as we speak. We need God's strength. 
And then giving thanks. Giving thanks. May we give thanks in everything. After church this morning, I got online for just a minute to catch up. I had 14 missed texts and emails from people. You know, people texted me to let me know the sound stopped working during the live stream or that, you know, that uh, they weren't going to be able to be at church today. And then other texts, Happy Father's Day texts and all kinds of fun things. So if you text me during a service, I probably won't see it till later. It's not a good time to try to get my attention because I'm used to just ignoring the buzz in my pocket or on my wrist because I'll get to that later. So yeah, I would pulled up my phone, 14 texts, and so I was kind of clicking through those. I, I jumped over onto Facebook for just a minute to check and see what comments had come in on our live stream there. And when I got to Facebook, I saw an announcement that made me very sad. My friend, Pastor Shane Lewis, passed away this morning. Most of you don't know Shane Lewis. He pastored for a number of years in a church in Somerville, Alabama. I would have only known of Shane Lewis and only kind of randomly, tangentially come into contact with him, except for the fact a few years ago when we lived in Indiana, a young man who had served, in, who had grown up in his church, Brother Lewis's church, came and did a summer internship with us in Indiana. And that was the summer when I became very convinced that it was God's will for us to move back to Houston to start a rise. So I was sharing that with Cody. And we were excited about it. Cody even prayed about maybe coming here to help us for a little while. And Cody went home back to his church in Alabama and he told his pastor, he said, Pastor Lewis, there's this guy I worked with all summer and he's going to Houston to plant a church. And Pastor Lewis said, well, every summer we like to put a group together and go help a church plant. And so in about two weeks, it'll be three years ago, that Pastor Lewis, his wife, the youth pastor, there was almost 40 people from that church came for a whole week here to our church. They housed themselves. They rented rooms and hotels. They rented their own vehicles. They went shopping. They would come back loaded with Kroger bags every day, buying food for all that group. They even invited anybody from our church that was here. They said, you can come eat with our team. They did all the cooking. They did all the cleanup. They, they did all the serving. This was the hardest working group of young people I've ever been around. It was such a blessing. They would go out in the morning and knock on doors and pass out flyers, inviting people to a family carnival that we were having in July. This is before, I think, almost everybody. Billy was here. The Tanners were here. And, and Covers were here. And I think that's it from the people in this room. In that short period of time, three or four days, they, they visited 30,000 homes. It's a lot of houses. They shared the gospel many, many times. We don't know every heart and, and every situation of every person, but there were at least 40 people that 
profess Christ that week. Brother Lewis was here. He was sitting down front. And this is long before these chairs. The pews were if you sat down on one end, the other end came up. With the purple carpet. And the week right before they came, Josh helped me. We took the crystal chandelier off the ceiling here and took the purple curtains off the front. And Josh took his hammer and crowbar and scraped off the big artifact on the wall behind us. And uh, it was quite an exciting time. You don't even know how good we have it now. It was the first Sunday that we had a service in this room because we'd been having services in the little room next door. But we knew with that big group, and there was another church that came the same week. Our church from Indiana brought a group that week too. So we had two groups here at the same time. So about 60 out-of-town guests all here at one time. And this is, you know, what are we averaging in church on Sunday morning? 15, you know, 17 maybe. And... This big group came, and they worked, and they invited, and they shared the gospel, and then they'd come back, and they'd say, what can we do? And they'd cut weeds, and they'd paint, and they power washed, and they worked, and then they'd go back out in the evening, and they'd go visit more houses, and then we'd come back, and we'd pray, and we'd sing. We just had the best time. And I'll never forget, Pastor Lewis was sitting down here, down front. We were talking. He spoke to our group one time, spoke to his group and our group. And he was looking around at all this, and he said, Man, Brother Will, this is exciting stuff. These are exciting times. God's doing some big things here. You don't even realize what a big deal it is for something, for God to make something out of nothing. And to take something that didn't exist and make it into something that now is and that's going forward and that is growing and has its own ability to, to now be able to help plant another church. That was all not even really a thought back then. He said, but God's going to do big things. He said, just recently, we finished a big building project at our church in Alabama. They just built this beautiful new auditorium. I think it can seat like 1,200 people. It's gorgeous. Big high ceilings, white columns, you know, just a beautiful building. They were filling it up, seeing people saved every week and God blessing in wonderful ways. And he said to me, though, he said, well, we just finished that big thing. He said, I wonder what the next big thing is that God's going to have for me. Little did he know, a couple months later, he was going to be diagnosed with the cancer that the Lord allowed to take his life today. It hit me really hard. Because sometimes the next big thing that God has for us is not something that we look at as a very good thing. Just like the next big thing for our church in 2020, when we were in January, was the coronavirus. We had no idea. But God knew. And God still continues His work in spite of it. Brother Lewis had such a tremendous testimony, even through his time of cancer, his wife as well, as they went to long months and months of treatments and had to leave their home in Alabama to go up to Tennessee for treatments and back and forth. In fact, he was scheduled to be here, he and his wife, back in April for our family conference. But because of his health, we already knew that that wasn't going to work, and so we'd canceled that. And then with the 
virus going. We knew we weren't going to have the conference anyway. But I had spoken with him a couple times earlier this spring. Here's a man that God decided for him the next big thing was not building another building, not going out and planting another church. It was going through cancer and now going home to heaven. Those things make us really have to sit back and think about what God is doing. Now what he's gone through and what his family is still going through is much harder than what we're going through collectively as a church here. And yet, I would challenge you as God has challenged my heart that no matter what the next big thing is, whether it's something we're really excited about and seems great and looks great and everybody enjoys it or whether it's something really difficult, that we'd trust God and be willing to walk worthy, still walking in faith, in love, and in hope because God's still good. And His plans are still being accomplished. And may we be just faithful vessels to do what God would have us to do. To fulfill His work through us. I hope He doesn't take any of you home soon. I hope God has a lot of time left for all of us here together. That's my hope. That's my plan. But i got to be willing to let God have His plan. So let's trust Him. Let's look forward. Let's pray for all these things coming up. I'm praying. I'm excited about it. I'm looking forward to what God's going to do. I think it's going to be a great time. I think we're going to see God continue to grow. I think we'll see continued blessing, whether it's people here, people being saved, people being baptized, whether it's more people being discipled, whether it's a new bus route or a finished building or whatever it is. New churches started, more missionaries sent out. God's going to do it, but He's going to do it in His way. And let's trust Him to do that. Would you do that with me? I know it's going to be difficult. It always is, especially when we trust in our own strength. So let's not lean on our own understanding, but in all of our ways we'll acknowledge Him and allow Him to direct our paths. Father, help us. Help us to follow you and trust you. We thank you for all that you've done to bring us to where we are today. It's June the 21st, 2020. This has been a a very different year. But Lord, you still have us here. Today, June the 21st, 2020, In your sovereign plan, you knew that it was time for Shane Lewis to come home to his eternal home. I pray for his family tonight, for his wife and his children. Pray for his church. Encourage them. Strengthen them. Lord, I know that was his testimony, that he looked to you even in the most dark and difficult times. I thank you for the blessing that God that you allowed that church and Pastor Lewis to be to our church as we were getting started. And may we be encouraged and challenged by their example to go on and to be a blessing to others. 
and to share the gospel faithfully as they have done here. Thank you for the people that you've brought together to make this body, this church that we call Arise. Guide and direct us as we continue to go forward. Lord, no matter what may come, whether it's disease, whether it's problems in our country, or whether it's great and abundant blessings of, of growth and new people and buildings and whatever it might be, may we do it all for your honor and your glory. We love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.